Welcome to the Atlantic Baptist Church Podcast. Visit our new website at AtlanticBC.org. Or check us out on Facebook for the latest updates. Now, here's Pastor Carlos. Uh, not too long ago, and as I was saying, I was pastoring, a, uh, I planted a church in Coral Springs, a Spanish church, and, and, and somebody in the Anglo church had this idea that they, they said, hey, since we have baptism together and we do service together uh, once a month at night, on Sunday night, why don't we just uh, have a picnic and, and play some softball? And, and I bought this trophy. It was this uh, 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 an, uh, somebody, a Caucasian Anglo guy comes to me in my office, and he said, I bought this trophy, and whoever wins the game gets the trophy. So obviously, they never saw the trophy. We won every single game. Little did they did they know that I had three professional baseball players on, in my church. So they I never told them until they had lost about ten games and were trying to figure out how to win. Uh, so so I I uh, uh, that that was a trophy too. That was kind of something that reminded us that we were better softball players or baseball players than they were. It, it was a, a great opportunity. Usually, when when you visit a place uh, or places. We, we have, uh, that, that we have not visited before, we have this uh, habit of buying souvenirs, things that we can, a memento that we can take home and, and remind us of that place that we visited or that experience that we had. Every time I cover myself with that, with that uh, uh, blanket, I'm reminded of my trip to Peru and how much I want to go back because it was a great experience in in my life. We have just uh, concluded the Christmas season. I hope that you got over that now. During that Christmas season, we were kind of exposed to the series of messages that introduce us to the birth of Jesus Christ. We explore some of the prophecies concerning the his- that historic fact. We looked at the events that surrounded the birth of Jesus, the baby Jesus. So my question to you is, now that's that's past, what are we going to do next? Are we to just keep baby Jesus in, as a reminder, Christmas as a reminder of who Jesus, the baby Jesus was as a souvenir in our heads? Are we to do that? Or do we go on to know our Savior better? You see, he grew up. He didn't stay there in the manger. He didn't stay small in the in the home. He grew up. And he accomplished a lot. He accomplished a lot in his life. And we want to uh, understand and get to know him better. For the next few, week, uh, few weeks, actually few months, we're going to go all the way to uh, two Sundays before Mother's Day. Uh, we will embark in a journey in which we will kind of unpack the, the person and life of Jesus through the eyes of his beloved disciple John. That's what we're going to do. He wrote this gospel here to believers and to seeking non-believers. So he wrote it not only for us who already know Christ as our Lord and Savior, but he wrote it for those who are seeking an answer to the most important question in the world. Why am I here? What is the purpose of my life? Why Why is it that we live just a few years and then and then then what? What happened? So, 
We're going to take this time to do that. And he wrote this gospel to answer some questions. The gospel of John is a biography like the other three gospels. We know them as synoptic gospels. But his gospel, it's unique. It's not a little, it's hugely different. It's a unique collection of real life events designed to challenge those who believe Jesus was just a man and not God in human body. You see, just as Luke in his gospel intends to present Christ's humanity, that's why he calls him all the time son of man, John intends, intent is to present Christ's deity, present Jesus Christ as the son of God. And that is very important for us to know and keep in our minds because this whole series is, is not going to try to to prove that he is God, but it's going to show you that he is God. And that's what we're going to see as we as we do this, this series of messages. His gospel is topical. It's not chronological. It's topical. It, it revolves around basically eight miracles and seven uh, I am statements that Jesus made. It, it revolves around that. And that's what you're going to see for the most part. Why did God have John write this gospel? Well, according to uh, a commentary, Matthew Henry's commentary, he, he wrote it, it, it. He wrote this gospel in opposition to a heresy that was going around in his time, in the time of John, claiming that, that the Lord, our Lord, Jesus Christ, was merely a man. Now, <laughs> we still have that issue going around. This is something that is still happening out there. We find so many friends and so many people out there, believe it or not, that believe that the Lord Jesus Christ was a great man, a great teacher, a great prophet. But they don't believe that he was God in the flesh. That he actually, it, it was God living, dwelling among us. He wrote, he wrote this gospel to prove conclusively that Jesus is the Son of God and by doing so, to ignite believing faith in those who read it. That is the reason why when I, when I reach somebody, when I lead somebody to Christ, I encourage them to take the gospel of John. And, and I, I encourage them to go there and just circle how many times it says believe and save. Believe and save, because that is what you're going to see here. He, the John, is going to is going to try to prove conclusively that Jesus is not just a mere man, but he is the Son of God. He is God in the flesh, and by doing so, he wants to 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 kind of light up that that fire into our lives so that we may believe, so our faith can be stronger. As the Gospel of John says. In John chapter 20, which is the, the foundational scripture for this series of messages, truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in, the book, in this book. But these are writ written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that by believing, that believing you may have life in his name. That is the main purpose why he writes this whole gospel here. Now we're going to do something a little different because 
we want to we want to go down the scripture. We want to show you the word of God as it is written. And, and we're going to do it in a different way. We're going to do it in a visual way. Uh, we apologize that we're having some technical issues with this screen here. But we're going to read and we're going to see visually. We're going to hear the first 18 verses of John chapter 1. And that's where we're going to be at today. Just open your Bibles, access your devices, or just listen to this. But we're going to be in John chapter passage of the scripture in the first 18 verses of the book of John, of the gospel of John. The first thing I want you to really get in your, in your minds and see it through the scripture is that Jesus Christ is God. We believe that. Jesus Christ is God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. <clears throat> he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Verse number 14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as if the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. Verse 16 to 18 said, And, and of, of His fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. But the only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him. John begins his gospel by laying the foundation of our faith. He just building the foundation of our faith. The second person of the Trinity, God the Son, left heaven and came down to earth, becoming human to fulfill God's eternal plan of redemption, of redeeming you and me from the mess we are in because of sin. Christ has always existed in perfect fellowship with God the Father, according to the Scripture. And God, the Holy Spirit too. The three of them have existed always in perfect fellowship. Even when he limited himself to a human body, he was God. He never stopped being God. We owe creation to him. This is something that we need to understand. You were not created out of nothing for nothing. We owe our creation to Him. He was the creator of everything, and everything subsists in Him. That's what John starts saying. That's what he starts from the get-go. Life, he, te he teaches us, was not created. Life existed in Christ, and as He, because He was eternal and He always existed, life always existed and existed in Christ. You are breathing today, and your heart is ticking today because of Him. 
We are dependent on Christ for our life. Our existence, whether it's physical or spiritual, depends on God's sustaining power. That's that's basically what, what it is. But Christ is not only creator. He's not only the sustainer of all, of all created things, even our own existence, but He's the only one who can bring to light our own sin and dissipate its power. He's the only one that can do that. Your effort will not do it. Nothing that you do will make you good enough to make it in the presence of God. He is the only one that can bring light and dissipate the power of darkness in our lives. In Him is life and He's the light that over, overcome our sinfulness. He said later on, and we're going to be talking a little bit about this I Am. He said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness but have the light of life. He said it. Just as Yahweh, the Lord our God, manifested Himself, His glory in the Holy of Holies inside the tabernacle, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the second person of the Godhead, displayed His glory for us to see by taking on a human body and walking on this earth for a short while. The Bible teaches us that He is full of grace and truth. In other words, He is the author of perfect redemption and the author of perfect revelation. Do you want to know God and live with Him forever? Jesus Christ is your answer. Nowhere else to go. Jesus Christ is your answer. Do you want to know truth? Well... Jesus Christ is your source of perfect truth. So you want to answer those two questions, you find the answer in the same person, the Lord Jesus Christ. You know the Bible teaches in Romans chapter 3 and verse 23 that we are all sinners. Nobody escapes that title. We all we are all sinners, he says, the Bible says there. And it also says in, in chapter 6 and verse 23, well-known scriptures that because of what, of that we, because of that, because of that sin and being sinners, we are on our way to eternal separation from God. Every one of us, without Jesus, we're walking towards an eternal separation from God. We all need God to show us His love. You know, I've seen that saying all over the place, give me some love. Well, we need some love from God. We all needed that God, that love. We all need for God to show us His love, the unmerited love as it may be. Jesus is our source for unmerited love. He loves you just as you are and loves you so much that He's willing to continue loving you while with His help, You put your life together. That's how much He loves you. How many of you think that or thought that you had to get right before God? That you had to fix your life before you come to God? Well, I tell you, I got good news for you today. He wants you just the way you are and He will continue loving you while you fix your life. What your life has been fixed with the help of His His Holy Spirit. 
Anyway, the Bible teaches us that that job, that process is not going to end on this side of eternity. He's going to have to finish it for us because we can't finish it on our own. We just can't finish it here. What an awesome reality for those who have trusted Jesus for their eternal destiny. It is a great reality to know that even that He loved us to bring us to Christ and He continues to love us as we go on our way to heaven and as, as, as we fix our lives and get straight and right with Him step by step by step by step. You're never going to stop loving us. And the Bible says that He shows He's got enough grace on, it, on Himself to show love every single day of every single life that is here represented. Jesus Christ is God. The first thing I want you to remember. The second thing that I want you to know, and this is a, this is a little different, is that Jesus Christ is elusive. Read, that, read with me and, and, and there in, in, in verse 10 and 13 to 13 where it says, He was in the world, and the world was made through Him, and the world did not know Him. He came to His own, and His own did not receive Him. What a sad reality. But as many as receive Him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. I shared this experience yesterday, and I know that Jay was here with uh, in my, our Bible study with, uh, with uh, 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 people that were here at the food pantry yesterday. Years ago... Uh, how many of you remember the extra warehouse, the extra wholesale stores? There was one just up the street not too long ago. Well, well a while ago. Well, I had the, the, the privilege of working with a company that's called Pueblo Supermarket in Puerto Rico. They were the founders and the owners of extra warehouse. Uh, and you remember Pueblo Supermarket, right? Well, I used to work with that company, kind of like a Publix here, but it's Pueblo Supermarket. And, and I used to work in, in the second largest store they had. It was right in El Condado in Puerto Rico, which is the, the, the tourist area. And, uh, you know, the big people with a lot of money lived there. And, and, and I was in that store, and I was one of the uh, managers there in charge of customer service. And one day, we remember the good old times when the stores closed at 7 o'clock or 6 o'clock. I don't, I don't remember what time it was. Six, I think it was 7 o'clock in the supermarket. Did not open on Sundays. Some of you are too young to remember that, but I remember those days. So one day I, 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 I'm, I'm in charge of the front end, and I, I it's seven o'clock arises, so I go there, boom, and I lock the doors. I like the, the window, the sliding doors, and, and and nobody can come in. And all of a sudden, I see this old man coming, and knocking at the glass, and and I looked at him, and I just basically told him, "Hey, go away. You know, we're closed." We didn't, I didn't tell him that. Very, very nice. But I just basically told him the store is closed and walked away. And he knocked again at the glass. So I go to him and I said, sir, I'm sorry, I can't let you in. The store is closed. So the man walked away. So the next thing I know, the manager of the store called me. 
And they said, did you, did, did, was there a man at the door that knocked at the door and, uh, to let, let, wanted to come in? Uh, it was past seven o'clock. And I said, yes. And, and he said, why didn't you let him in? I said, we're closed. We don't let anybody in after hours. And he said, well, you know what? <laughs> you should have let him, let him enter because he was the owner of this company. Thank God I didn't lose my job. But the reality was that I missed getting to know the owner of the company that I worked for. More than that, at the moment, I was afraid I was going to lose my job. But, but I mean, I missed getting to know an important person in Pueblo Supermarket. If you look and Google it, his name was Harold Topple, T-O-P-P-E-L, from New York. And he had a mansion across the street from from the supermarket, which I did not know. I found out later. But uh, he basically told me that you missed to get to know the owner of this company. Well, he didn't say it in those terms. He basically said the person who signs your paycheck. That hurts. Jesus came to this world that he created, and the world that he created did not even recognize him. Did not even recognize him. He came to redeem his own creation through redeeming his own people. And his own people did not even receive him. They missed him altogether. What's wrong with that? What is wrong with that? For centuries after centuries after centuries, they've been going through all the process and all this uh, all this history, waiting for the Messiah to show up, and he shows up, knocks at the door, and you don't they didn't let him in because it was after hours. They didn't even recognize him as the Savior. There are some here today, and there are many, many, many people around us that are living a lie. You believe in the wrong Jesus. I want to encourage you, whenever you have time, if you like to read, to buy the book. There's a book written by Jared Wilson that is titled, Your Jesus is to Save, Outgrowing a Drive-Through Feel-Good Savior. It's a, it's, a, it's a wonderful book. He said in that book, despite being the most discussed and confessed figure in all history, no historical figure has been more mar- marginalized and commodified come a dead ties than Jesus. For many today, he's a generic brand, a, a logo, a catchphrase, a pick-me-up. That, that's who Jesus is, according to him. He's been fictionalized by the, la- by the last temptation of Christ. He's been humanized by the passion of Christ. And he's been satirized by South Park. Those of you that have seen South Park, I encourage you to stop. Even church itself is guilty when it comes to the marketing of Jesus, he says. We receive postcard Jesus, the copper, copper tone, blonde hair, black stare, uh, blank stare Jesus of the gold frame portrait, a bland two-dimensional figure occupying moral tales that help us be better people. That's the Jesus that we have been, that we hear about today. This flat portrait evolved into the 
Get out of hell free Jesus. And this Jesus has inspired millions to say a prayer to get his forgiveness and then go on living lives devoid of his presence. We come to church. We pray. We ask God to forgive our sins. To solve the mistakes that we have made. To get us out of the mess that we made ourselves. We pray. And he does. It's, that is the greatest thing. If I were God, you would be in bad shape. But that's the God that we believe. He takes care of us. He, he shows us grace over grace over grace. And love us and love us and love us. And we're running away from him. We want to get what we can get from him. But never mind following him and experience his presence every single day in our lives. We make him accomplice of all the wrong things we do. But we don't want to follow him in holiness. We just don't want to do that. Hey, I'm saved. And I can go to him every morning and tell him, forgive me for the sins that I committed in the last 24 hours. And I'll see you in 24 hours because I'm going to go and commit more. That's what we do. Because we know that he's going to forgive us. Because we know he's loaded with grace and he's going to give us grace over grace and over grace and over grace. And he's going to love us so much. Garrett Wilson goes on to say that many today believe in Jesus the therapist. That's what he calls him. Jesus the therapist who takes care of our maladies and then we go on to ignore him until the next malady shows up. You're missing the real Jesus. If you, if you believe in that kind of Jesus, you're missing the real Jesus. The message today is very simple. Either got him or missed him. Or as a believer... Either you got him and continues to miss him every single day. We talk about a relationship with God, but in reality, all we have is a relation, relation with ourselves. He's in a little corner from where we need him. He's elusive. We miss all his blessings. We miss the glory of having his presence taking care of us and working with us in every aspect of our lives. The message is very simple. To you who have not yet settled your life with God, I encourage you, don't miss Him. Jesus told His disciples and He's telling you today, He who walks in darkness does not know where He is going. Have you ever been in darkness? I mean, try to, well now it's better, but I, a long time ago, try to come to Broward County through the side roads in the in the Everglades. I mean, you don't see a thing. You know you hit a uh, 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 an animal after you hit him. You don't see him. You just don't see him. Paul said to the brethren in Ephesus and to you and me today. Well, actually, first. Let me finish with you guys who have not trusted Jesus as Lord and Savior first. Jesus is life and He is light. Those who trust in Him 
the Bible says, are sons of light. And my question to you is, have you trusted Jesus Christ as the light that will overcome the sin that is messing up your life? The sin that is leading you in the path of eternal separation from God. When will you make a decision for Christ? He's the only one that can get you off that road. He's the only one that can get you off that path. Will you trust Him today? To those who have already received Jesus Christ as Savior, those of you who are saved, don't miss making Him the Lord of your life. I mean, stop. I've said this so many times. Make Him Lord of your life. Paul told the brethren in Ephesus, and he's telling you and me today, that in Christ you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. We are members of the family of Christ. If that doesn't mean anything to you, you need to sit down and think about it. You are family of God. You are family of our big brother, the Lord Jesus Christ. We are part of God's family, chosen to be with Him forever. And that's a long time. And if that doesn't make your relationship with Him special, if you don't, if you choose not to trust Him to, 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 to walk in this world His way and not your way, then you have an issue. You need to make Him Lord of your life. Otherwise, you would be, you would be lying every time you call Him Savior and Lord. You would be lying every time we lead, we lead you into a song and it says that He is your Lord and your life. You are lying. Make Him Lord of your life. He is not a souvenir. He is not a memento to remember Him only once in a while. Live every day in a manner worthy of being called a child of God. Let me pray for you. And after you, I pray for you, uh, we're going to sing a song. And uh, after we sing this song, I want you to be ready to make a commitment to either trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or really make Him Lord of your life. So would you please stand? Father, as we come to your presence, we come to you. Asking you, Father, to do something special in each one of our lives. You came to this world and became human, limiting yourself so that you could do everything that was necessary for us to be called children of God. But we still do not take it as serious as we should. I pray for each one that is here that still has not trusted Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. I pray, Father, that each one of them understand the eternal repercussions, the eternal consequences of not making this decision, which is a decision in itself, Father. I pray that they stop rejecting the Jesus that we have preached for so long, that that they get to give themselves the opportunity to know Him, that they receive Him, And not do like your people did when he came on this earth. 
I pray that they make that decision to trust Jesus Christ today. And I pray for those who already trusted Jesus Christ in their life, that through this series of messages, through, our, through knowing the Lord Jesus Christ better, knowing Him as He really is, they come to a point in their lives in which, in which they will commit themselves to, be, to allow Him to be Lord of their lives. Thank you, Father.